0: Grace, mercy, and peace be to you from God, our Father, and from our Lord and Savior, Jesus Christ. Amen. Well, this is going to be uh, something uh, as far as a sermon and the topic of uh, the sermon goes. It's, uh, it's one that mm, makes me a, a little uncomfortable as a young man who is well, not even three years married, but we're talking about marriage today. Uh, Because that's what the scripture talks about, right? And it's important that we talk about marriage. It's important that we in the church talk about marriage, right? Because the world has a lot of ideas about marriage that aren't right. They have a lot of ideas about marriage and the roles of husbands and wives that they think the church is very barbaric about. They think the church is outdated. They think the church... In the Bible, really God is not with the times right that when we read things like from Ephesians um, chapter 5, we get a little uncomfortable right we get a little uncomfortable I get a little uncomfortable reading it right I'm a product of my culture and my culture has told me so many things about women and men, that I, I, get a little, uh, I get a little shaky sometimes, and it, the Lord needs to sustain me in these times when I speak these things. So bear with me as I go through these things, and you may think to yourself, yeah, pastor, you haven't even married three years. We've been married, you know, 20, 30, 40, 50 years, and uh, who are you to tell us what we need to know about marriage? But I remember that when I was at the seminary one time, I was uh, um, single, and it was before I met my wife and and I talked to one of the admissions counselors uh, and I asked him, I said, he he, he was a bachelor and he was an older guy. And I said, if I'm gonna be single, how am I gonna, you know, a single pastor or whatever, if I don't get married until afterwards, until after I become a pastor, how am I supposed to counsel people on marriage? I have no idea what I'm talking about. And he said, you just tell them about God's word. God's word says everything about what marriage is supposed to be. And now as a husband and a father, I can see that that's absolutely true by experience. But if I was still single, I'd still be hopefully preaching the same words to you today, right? That wives submit to your own husbands as to the Lord and husbands love your wives, right? It sounds really simple, but as soon as you bring up the issue of submission. Uh, as soon as you bring up the issue of sacrifice for us men as husbands, some people buck, right? Some people don't like it. And really, that's just too bad because it's beautiful. It's a beautiful thing. When husbands and wives do the things that are necessary for a good marriage, not because it's where their salvation lies, but because that's how God shows his love to us. That in marriage, it is to be a reflection of the glory of Christ and his bride, his church, right? That where do you begin with these things? I mean, a lot of people, I think, I think it's right on some level to begin with the men, right? Not a lot of people are talking about what it takes to raise good men today, what it takes to be a good man today, what it takes to be a good husband, a good father, these things like that, right? We have to go back to the scriptures. And we'll even look at uh, different passages here, like 1 Peter 3 and Colossians 3, that husbands bear a responsibility, right? Husbands bear a responsibility to sacrifice themselves, to take care of their wives, to do all that they need to to make sure that their wives are taken care of, right? I would see it when I was on Vicarage in Ohio that um, these older couples, the men were usually the ones who were more worn out. And I thought to myself, wow, what is going on there? And my supervisor said, the men get a lot more mileage. On them. They do a whole lot to take care of their family, right? So that their wives don't have to worry, so that their wives don't have to struggle, so that their wives don't have to be concerned with how we're going to make ends meet, right? That is the man's duty. It's the husband's job. That's how he shows his love, partly, right? That in this, the office of husband, There's temptations, though. There's a temptation as a Christian, if we look and we say, well, God's word says submit. So submit, woman. (laughs) I don't think that's going to work very well, right? It doesn't really work out very well. Right? We can all chuckle at this. It's kind of funny. And we think to ourselves, who really falls into that trap? Some might. But I got to tell you, another trap that we men would fall into is to do nothing at all. Right? Men, it's tough when the world is telling you that you're not worth anything. That a woman can do the job just as well as you can. We sometimes give in to the lie that, well, we just aren't good at these things, so we'll just hand it over to our wives. Well, pastor, I'm just not really good at praying, so I'll just hand that over to my wife. Well, pastor, I'm not really good at being the spiritual head of my household, I'll just hand that over to my wife. Heaven forbid! You have a duty, men, to pray, to lead your families in the spirituality that God has given you, the grace that He has given you, as Christ leads His church. Right? Again, this is not for your salvation, but this is to reflect the glory, the grace that God has shown to you through Jesus Christ, our Lord. That He has done all for His bride. He has died for His bride. He has shed His blood for His bride. He provides for his bride, his church. And we men ought to do the same. We must not give in to the lie that we can just hand things over and think that it's going to be okay. But we also shouldn't fall off the other side of the horse and say that we will rule with an iron fist, right? But men lead, not for their own sakes, but for the sake of those that are entrusted to them, for the sake of those that rely on them, right? That men as husbands should understand and should approach his wife in this way, that they should deal with their wives gently, right? Kindly with love, doing all that they can for them so that they would be taken care of, so that they would see their love shown to them by what they do. That in being a good husband, you are being like Christ. You're not doing things as you think they ought to be done. You're not doing things as uh, you see fit, but as Christ does. You are under submission to Christ for the good of your wife and your children if he has blessed you with children. The headship of a man, of a husband, is one of loving, sacrificially, teaching God's word, um, um, teaching God's word, Um, and forgiving sin, that husbands are to be considerate of their wives who are placed placed in the office that requires them to submit to their husbands. Now, to the really tough part, (laughs) because to men, we can talk all day long. Men, you gotta stand up. Men, you gotta do your part. When it comes to women, we do have to be very gentle. Because to talk about submission is a hard thing. To talk about the ideal that was set forward in the garden when Adam and Eve fell from grace, that now we deal with a different dynamic, that the woman will desire the place of her husband, right? She will desire his place, but he will rule over her. And again, When we talk about submission, we can't talk about it by itself, that you must submit no matter what, right? But ladies, if you are a wife, do you not trust your husband? I think that's a good question. If you are bucking against submission, do you not trust your husband? Is he some stranger to you? Does he not love you? Does he not do what he can for you? Sure. He's not perfect, right? But sometimes we get a little carried away. Like men can get carried away in the temptation of either ruling over people or of passing on his duty. Women can fall into the temptation that is rampant out in the world, no matter what you see on TV or the internet or whatever. I mean, how many times have we laughed at some sitcom where the husband is shown to be some buffoon, and the woman's the one who really wears the pants, who really runs things. And we think, well, that's just how things are, right? But really, God has set forward a structure. He has set forward the order of things as they are to be done, not because it's some some sort of thing to keep you down, but it's some sort of structure so that you would know God's grace through your husband, right? We can't talk about the husbands by themselves or the wives by themselves. We have to talk about them together because you can't just talk about Jesus by himself and the church by itself. You have to talk about them together. That Jesus did not die for his own sake. And the church does not go her own way apart from Christ. They go together. That the the church goes where Christ leads her, right? That a wife's beauty, like Christ's church, is not in the outward adornment, but in the reception of her husband's love. The church is not beautiful because of the stained glass or the people or what have you. The church is beautiful because Christ has made her spotless by his sacrifice, Wives, you are beautiful because your husband shows his sacrificial love to you because of what Christ has done for his church. You cannot look at this apart from that. You cannot look at marriage apart from Christ and his church. Maybe I'm just going on and on and on, but I think that we need to really pound this in our heads. That Christ loves marriage and the world has made a mockery of that institution. Gay marriage, if there really is a thing, it's kind of an oxymoron, right? All sorts of things about the roles of man and wife. It's a hard thing to battle within this world. And we as Christians make a good confession with how we live our lives. Men, make a good confession of faith Knowing, saying, I know what Christ has done for me, therefore I will do that for my wife. Wives, say, I know what Christ has done for his church. My husband loves me, I will submit. Right? Not in a legalistic way. Not in a way that would earn your salvation but in a way that would reflect and confess that good confession before the world that you understand what it really means to be husband and wife because you really understand what it means for Christ to love his church. It is a beautiful and blessed thing when husbands love their wives as Christ loves his church and when wives receive the love of their husbands and trust in it. Jesus loves to see man joined to his wife. He loves to see children come forward from that blessed union. He loves to see these things because that's how he has made things to work. And he shows his grace throughout all of it. That men, when you fail, because you will fail, when you fail at being a husband, ask for forgiveness. Wives, when you fail to submit or when you fail to really trust your husband in what he's trying to do for you that's for your good, ask for forgiveness and pray that God would strengthen you both. And that goes for both of you. That a, a marriage cannot last without grace, it can't last without forgiveness. And not just the forgiveness that you give to your spouse, but the forgiveness that God has granted to you for the sake of Christ that you now share within that bond as husband and wife. So, when we talk about submission, when we talk about love, we do not mean these things in the way that the world does. We mean these in the way that Christ does. That We love each other as husband and wife, that we as the church submit to Christ and obey him, not because he's some vicious taskmaster, but because he has paid for our lives with his blood, with his broken body, torn on the cross. So as we go forward here, as husbands and wives, and if you don't have a husband or a wife, pray that when, if, God would bless you in that way, that you would make that good confession too, and that you would encourage those who are married to live their lives according to how Christ has shown them. Because from our gospel texts, Jesus goes to the wedding at Cana, His first sign of his glory is shown here, that he is reckless and lavishes his grace upon those people who don't deserve it. He shows it in providing wine, but with us he shows it by pouring out his blood for us, by providing his body and his blood for us to eat and drink at this feast that we have here today by telling us as his bride, his church, I love you with all that I have. And that's why we would do well to contemplate Christ and his love, his sacrifice for us, so that we could go forward with the grace that that is won by him. So that we could go forward and trust him through everything, and submit to him in thought, word, and deed. And the peace of God which surpasses all understanding will guard your hearts and minds through Christ Jesus our Lord. Amen. Amen. Amen.